We are in part three of a message series that we're calling He is King. And what we've been doing in this series is we've been looking at this truth that He is King, and we're trying to learn how to respond to that truth. And so in previous weeks, the, we talked about because He is King, we lift up our hands. And so that Sunday, we talked about lifting up our hands to God. Last week, we talked about because he is king, we bring our gifts to God. And then next week, during our candlelight service, at this same time, we're going to be talking about bending your knee and bowing before the Lord, that that's a great way to respond. Because he is king, this is how we respond. Today, we're going to talk about a little different what I just mentioned are more like traditional ways of responding to this truth that he is king. Today we're going to talk about something totally different. And so the title of my talk today is, Give It to Him Straight. Give it to him straight. So if you have your Bibles, you want to open them up to Psalm 142. We're going to look at two verses from Psalm 142, verse 2 and verse 5. With this message, I, I... I want us to understand that this idea of give it to him straight, it's not just a mental exercise that I want to encourage us to do. Today, this is talking about giving everything to God. You're burying your soul to God. And I, I want to talk about that today. Maybe you're here today and things are going pretty good. Well, I want to invite you to give it to God straight. Go for it with God. If, if things are going, you feel like you're blessed, go for it. Give it to God straight and celebrate that you can. Maybe there are some folks here today that you feel like some things are going kind of bland, you know, bland. Not good, not bad, it's just there. I want to encourage you, go ahead and give it to God straight because he's worthy, right? Can you say yes? yes. Yeah, and so maybe there's a group of you here today Things are not going so well. It's, it's actually a pretty difficult time for you. Maybe during this Christmas season, uh, it's an especially difficult time for you because you feel alone. You feel like, uh, you know, people, maybe somebody that was with you last year is not here this year with you. And you're going through a tough time. But I, I, I want to, to tell you that more than the other two groups, today's talk I believe, is going gonna, is gonna to give you some tools to help you connect with God in a more intimate way. And you, you might be going through whatever, uh, you know, a, a difficult time with finances. Your finances are a wreck or, or, you know, your marriage is having trouble with relationships are not going or you need healing in your life and you're having a difficult time. I, I want to tell you that today's talk I believe, can help you uh, connect with God in a more intimate way. And so, so, yeah, so give it to him straight. Let's read in Psalm 142. We're going to look at verse 2, and then we'll look at, at verse 5 together. And so Psalm 142, verse 2 and verse 5, David said this. He said, I pour out. Everybody say pour out. He said, I pour out before the Lord my complaint. Notice that he's not saying 
to God, you know, everything is going pretty good, God. No, this is a time where David, things are not going well. I pour out to God my complaint. It means that things are not going particularly well right now. But he's saying, I want to give to God my complaint. He lays out his complaint before God and he says, I tell God my trouble. And, and, and then he says what? He says, see the next portion aloud. He says, I cry to you, O Lord. Do you guys see that? Yeah, right there. Let's all say it together. I cry to you, O Lord. And then we're going to watch as he, as he calls God something very special. He says, God, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. He uses that same phrase, that same word in verse 5. Let's go there. Um, actually, I'm sorry. Let's go to Psalm 62, verse 8. He says this. He says, trust in the Lord at all times, you people. And then what does he say after that? Say it aloud. He says, pour out your hearts to him. Pour out your hearts. Cry from the depths of your soul to God. For God is our what? He is our refuge. There it is again. God is our refuge. I did a little research this week about this word refuge. And as I was studying it, I, was, I, I learned that during the time that David wrote this psalm, these couple psalms that we're looking at today, during those times there existed these six cities that were like refugee cities. Refugee cities. There were these six cities that existed that were kind of like today's embassy in different countries, you know, that if you go to the embassy, it's like a safe place. Well, that's, that's what David, he's alluding to when he says God is our refuge. He's, he's alluding to these refugee cities, these six cities that you could go to if something went wrong accidentally. I mean, something as bad as like you accidentally kill somebody. <laughs> and it, you didn't do it on purpose, you could run to one of these cities and you could find refuge. You could find a safe place. And so this is what David is saying in this passage. He's saying that God is our refuge. You can go there. Now, I don't know about you, but a, a lot of children have a safe place. They, they have a particular place they call my safe place. How, how, how many of you would say that when you were a kid, you kind of had a safe place? Raise your hand. Right? You kind of had a safe place. Some, for some folks, it might have been the closet. That was your safe place. You would go to the closet, you would feel safe. Uh, for, for some folks, it might have been, you know, uh, I don't know, the, the closet. For me, it, was, it, was, um, it wasn't the closet, because for me, the closet was where the monsters lived. So I, I didn't want to go to the closet. For me, it was underneath the bed. Underneath the bed, I don't, it's kind of silly because underneath the bed is like where all the dust and everything is. But for me, underneath the bed was like my safe place. I could be there and I could feel safe. Now, some folks, it might be a blankie, right? If you just had this blankie, you would feel safe no matter what. If you could just have this blankie or, or a clubhouse, you would go to this, you know, clubhouse, this like in the trees and you would, you would feel safe there. And what's interesting to me is that as you grow older, it's not so much a place anymore as much as it is maybe a person, right? Um, as you grow older, I, I grew up, as I grew up, 
I, I grew up as a very skinny, scrawny little kid for my age. And, and so I, it was like I had a target on my back. And people would just love to pick on me because I was like this <coughs> vulnerable, skinny, scrawny little kid. And so I quickly learned that I needed to become friends with older, bigger, tougher kids. And so it's funny. I look back and I say, man, all my closest friends were like bigger, higher grades, older than me. And, and so whenever I would walk around and I would have gotten picked on, you know, I'd walk around with my big friend and I would look at him and I'd be like, what, what, you know, you want some of me, you know, look at the, you got to mess with this guy over here if you want some of me, you know? And I, I just remember feeling safe with this bigger, badder, tougher friends of mine as I, as I would walk around. Look who I'm with, I would say. So as you go through life, maybe your kids, you know, they'll, they'll often find a safe place with you. We live, my wife, Marie, and I and our family, we live in a townhouse. And we, so we live very close to our neighbors, and, and we'll hear like, noises that we may not recognize like sirens and alarms and noises and so inevitably we'll hear a noise in the middle of the night and the boys will just like run at full speed and just full you know everything they're just going and run to our room not because like we didn't hear the noise because we did definitely heard the noise that was coming around and not because our room was structurally or is structurally safer than their room, but it's simply because why, you guys? Because we're there. Because we're there, they run and they know that if they can just get to our bedroom, they'll be safe. And, you know, just like maybe when you're a kid, if, if your parents are in the room, you know, then the monsters can't get in, Right? then the monsters can't, if they're in the closet, if your parents are there, then they won't come out. Or if they're underneath the bed, right? If your parents are there, then they won't grab you. Now, if they're not there, then like if you leave like a limb hanging over the bed, you have to be careful because they might grab an arm or a leg and pull you under the bed and, and eat you, right? And so you, would, you wouldn't have that like that secret seal. But when your parents are there, no monster's going to touch you. You'll be just fine. And if your parents are not in the room, it might be danger. But if your parents, are, you're in a safe. When your parents are there, you're safe. And you know, it's the same way with God. When we allow him to be a refuge, God is a refuge. Call out to him and give it to him straight. And, and he, you can be safe with him. My wife and I, we, we feel like it's so meaningful as our boys get older and they need us less and less to physically help them do things. And they just come to us about other things, difficulties in school or difficulties with certain subjects. For, for my wife and I, we feel especially like, oh, they came to us. And so we, we love to feel needed. And I believe your Heavenly Father loves to feel needed when you can go to him because he loves it when you can call on him he loves it when you want to just talk to him he loves when we give it to him straight and and we bear it all to him he already knows everything about you anyway so just come to him and cry to him for help and so what i want to do today is i i i i just want to give you the chance to give to god give it to him straight today to cry out to him as, as a way of responding to this truth that he is king in your life. This is one of the ways we respond, just by burying our soul and giving it to him. He's not like other kings. 
He wants to hear what's going on in your life. He wants to hear what your complaint is. He wants to, to know. And so in a little while, we're going to go back to a time of prayer and worship. And I just want to invite you to take that opportunity to cry out to God. So a couple things as we try to give it to God straight. The first one, if you're taking notes, is this. I want to encourage you to remember God's faithfulness in the past. Remember God's faithfulness in the past. As you cry out to him, reflect back on God's goodness. You know, as you go and you give him your complaint, as you, as you, you give it to him straight, as you bear your soul to him, also remember how he's been good and faithful to you in the past. And a great example of this is in Psalm 42. Psalm 42, uh, we believe, most experts believe that David wrote this psalm. And, and, and this is where David is, he's battling uh, his feelings because his son Absalom had rebelled against him. And not only that, but people had been criticizing him and saying, hey, this is a sign, David, that your son has risen up against you. This is a sign that, that, that your time is up. you got to step down and let somebody else lead. And so he's feeling all this. He's going through all this turmoil in his life. And let's look at Psalm 42, verse, verse 3 there. Here's what he says. He says, my tears have been my food day and night. I wonder if any of us have ever felt that way, where we have cried ourselves to sleep, and you're hurting, and you feel all alone. Look what he says. My tears have been my food. He says, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? In other words, they're saying, I thought you were a follower of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, then why are all these things happening to you, right? Happening in your life. And sometimes you may feel like this. Where is your God? And then in verse 4, and this is the key part of the verse, here's what David says. He says, these things I what? Say it with me. These things I remember. Say it one more time a little louder. These things I remember. These things I remember as I what? As I pour out my soul. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. These things I remember as I cry out to God. These things I remember as I let him know the ache and the pain in my heart as I give it to God straight. He says, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throngs. There he is and he's reminiscing Right? He's, he's pouring out his complaints to God, but then something happens where he remembers, where he remembers his God. And so he starts reminiscing about the good old days when, yes, there's some bad things happening, but there was also, it wasn't all bad, right? He starts thinking about, you know, there's, I'm in a difficult situation right now, but as I look back in my life, I have to be honest, it wasn't all bad. I mean, I took down a giant. I mean, I, I married the king's daughter. It wasn't all bad. I, I, I had some battles, and I, I won a couple, all my battles, actually. It wasn't all bad. I mean, I'm in a difficult situation now, but you know what? It, it wasn't all that bad, you know? And then you can almost see the gears shift as he was in this moment of, of complaining and distress, and he starts remembering 
that it wasn't all bad. It's like this, this thing starts to click for him and he changes a little bit the verse, right? He says, my tears have been my food. He says, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? In other words, he's, they're saying, where is he? Right? But things start to click and he starts even preaching to himself. He says, because these things I remember, why my soul so downcast? Because, you know, yes, I've gone, I'm going through a, a really hard time, but I remember that it wasn't all that bad. And as I keep remembering, you know what? what why, why am I feeling this way after all? If God has been so good to me, if God has been so faithful, why are you so disturbed? And then he tells himself, put your hope in God, for yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. So I don't know about you, but every now and then, I have to preach to myself. Every now and then, when I'm crying out to God, I've got to recall the faithfulness of God, how He's been with me and He's seen me through some things. And then I remember, I remember how good He's been. And so today I want to encourage us to pour, give it to Him straight. Just give it to Him. You guys, sometimes when I preach to myself just this week, I was feeling a little, a, a, a little disturbed, a little heavy this week. I felt like the world was a little heavier than normal. And I, I, I started thinking about the, the, just the situation. It's a difficult situation. But then I started to remember how God has been with me. And I started, in my own words, I, I started to say to myself, why are you downcast? Wait, 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 don't let all this mess you up for the rest of the day. Hold on a second. Put your hope in God. And I want to give you a chance today to try just to cry out to God and just to give it to Him straight and pour out your soul to say, God, you know what? I don't understand why this is going on. I, I, it doesn't make sense to me, God. Why aren't you changing this circumstance? I know you can and I know you should, but I, I, don't, I don't understand why, God. And, and so as you do and you pour yourself out and you give it to God straight, I want to also encourage you to remember the faithfulness of God in your past as He's always been there for you. Can someone say yes? In the Old Testament, there's another example of this that is awesome. And it's in the book of Lamentations. The guy who wrote Lamentations, his name is Jeremiah. And you want to talk about somebody who had it rough? Jeremiah had a rough season. He had a rough sea. As a matter of fact, he says this. He says, I am a man who has seen much affliction. And so for literally 20 verses in chapter 3 of Lamentations, he just lays it out. He lays out all his pain. He lays out all his anguish. He lays out all his complaints. He tells God what's going on. And listen to me, you guys. Today I want to let you know that you have permission to lay it out before God. You have permission to just let them know how you're feeling. I know some of us might think, well, I don't know if I should be doing that. Listen, you have permission. God wants us to. Some of you, you may say, well, wh why aren't you doing what I want you to do in my marriage, God? I, I don't get it. Why, why aren't you showing up? I know you can. Why, why don't you make, well, I, I don't even understand. I, I don't know if my marriage is even going to make it. Just cry out to God. Maybe you're here today and financially you're saying, my finances are a wreck. And if something soon doesn't happen, I don't know what I'm going to do. 
and, and I don't know where I'm going to end up. And you may cry out to God on behalf of your children. Maybe on behalf of a child that you have. And, and you could just go to God and tell him, God, I don't know what's going on with my, my child. I don't know why they keep disrespecting me or disrespecting my, my spouse. God, I wish that you would just touch them. I wish that you would just, just change them up, God. I wish you would change their hearts. I want to encourage you to just cry out to God honestly before him. This is exactly what Jeremiah does. He goes to God and he says to him, God, I, I, I'm going to lay it out. And I know some of us maybe have heard that, no, don't talk to God like that. Don't disrespect God like that. Listen, God already knows what you're going to say anyway. He already knows what's in your heart. Just tell him he wants to know. He loves to be needed. Just like as a parent, you love when your child needs you. This is it for God. He loves it. Just cry out to him. And listen what he does in verse 19. He says this. He says, I remember my affliction and my wandering and the bitterness and the gall. He says, I will remember. I'll remember them. And then my soul is downcast within me. And then in verse 21, and this is so powerful. He says this. He says, yet this I call to mind. And therefore... I have hope. He says, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. He's saying, look, I am in desperation mode right now. I am desperate for God to move and do something supernatural. I'm in the middle of a desperate plea, in the middle of this desperate cry from my soul. And, and, but at the same time, Jeremiah, he can't ignore the goodness of God, and therefore he recalls the goodness of God. And yet he says, and yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love. Why is he saying that? Why is he talking about God's love? He's talking about it because he has hope in it. He has hope. Why does he have hope? Because of God's love. He says, we are not consumed. Why? Because his compassions never fail. Someone say yes. He says, they are new every morning. Now watch this, what he says in this verse. I think it's awesome. He switches gears. He switches gears. They, 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 Jeremiah switches gears here. First he's talking about God. God, he's so full of love. God, I will not be consumed because of his love. Yet, therefore, I will call this to mind. And this is why I have hope because God is he's, he's loving and he's faithful. And then he switches gears. He starts, instead of talking about God, which is what he's doing in this verse, now he starts talking to God. And he says, he says great is your faithfulness. See, I call this to mind. Therefore, I have hope. I don't know how you guys are being quiet here this morning. Because this is really good stuff. I, and I just say, you know, some of us, we just need to get lost in the presence of God. And just respond to the fact that He is King. And so we just, we just get lost in His presence. And we cry out to Him and say, yeah, I call this to mind. I recall His faithfulness. And because of that, I have hope. Some of you, you need to think back to, one, to what he's brought you through. Some of us, we need to think back about, uh, about his faithfulness. Think about when you called on him and he forgave you. 
He forgave you and, and, and the weight of your sin was lifted off of you. Remember when God answered a prayer for you and, and that one time you thought there was no way it could ever happen and you said a simple prayer and you didn't even feel anything when you prayed. But guess what happened? God showed up big time in your life. He answered that prayer. Some of us, we need to remember about the miraculous that God has done in our lives. You know, you can just say, I give you praise, God, because of your faithfulness. Remember when God healed a relationship. I know I do. I remember when God healed a relationship, a relationship, I never thought this would ever get better. I, this relationship was, was, I thought it was over for years, 10 years, 20 years, this relationship was broken. I wanted it better, but it didn't change. And then I kept praying and praying and God started changing my heart and God started changing the other person's heart. And we saw a miracle and we got to remember those days when God miraculously changed hearts. He can do it again. Can someone say yes? Can someone say yes? He says, therefore I call this to mind. Because of your faithfulness, I still have hope. I still have hope. Remember the time when you were hurting and you felt all alone. And, and you, you came across this scripture that you read 20 times over. But this one particular time you read it, and it's like, just for you. In that moment, you read it, and you're like, yes, this is. Remember that time you came to church, and you felt like the, what they were saying was, was like handwritten. You felt like you were alone. It was just you and God. God was just ministering to your soul. It was, it was specifically for you. You remember that time? Sometimes you got to remember those times when God just, just speaks to you in such a powerful moment. You know, I remember, I remember when, 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 when I gave my heart to God. I remember when I was hurting and I didn't understand. And I, 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 I remember that day that I, I knelt down before the Lord and I just said, God, I, with all the faith inside of me, I cried out to God. With all the faith inside of me, I said, God, I want you in my life. And I remember falling down on my knees and then getting back up and becoming a new person and not feeling that weight of my sin anymore. I remember being transformed by the power of God. I remember becoming a new creation in Christ Jesus. I remember going back and trying to share this newfound love, this newfound salvation in my heart, this newfound hope that I had found, sharing it with my friends. And I remember them making fun of me and calling me Bible thumper, and, and preacher boy, and all kinds of names. I, I remember them calling me Billy Graham, which I actually kind of liked. I thought that was kind of cool, but all kinds of crazy names, and, and, and making fun of me. And I remember, okay, and I just kept praying. And I remember that day that one person came to Christ, one of my friends, I shared with him Jesus, and he, he came to Christ, and I kept praying. I remember when that second friend of mine came to Christ, and I just kept praying. I remember when the third friend of mine came to Christ, and I, I just, I remember that. I remember that day that, that more than anything else, I wanted to share this relationship with Jesus in marriage, and God brought me Marie. I remember that day. I remember that day. And yeah, and if you know anything about her, if you, if you spend a few minutes with her, you yourself would be like, wow, that is a miracle that you ended up with her. I mean, I think besides the resurrection, this is the greatest miracle I've ever experienced in my life is that she said yes, and I'm married to her today. 
And I remember when we were, yes, 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 yes. And I remember when we got pregnant and we lost our baby. I remember that. There was a lot of pain and a lot of questions that started with why. Why, why? I remember that. And I remember praying some more and praying some more. And and God gave us another baby and another baby. And God blessed us. I remember him hearing those prayers that we prayed. I, I remember when my AC broke down in my car. And then the AC broke down in our house. And I remember the accidents, the car accidents that we've endured and the near-death experiences that I, I look back and I say, I don't know how I'm still alive. I remember, I remember having moments of feeling broken when I was empty and having nothing left. I, I remember those days. And I also remember the faithfulness of God. Yet I call this to mind. And therefore, I have hope. Yet I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. I cry out to the Lord. Do it. I want to encourage you to tell him you're hurt. Give it all to him. To give it straight to him. Pour out your complaint to him. Tell him you don't understand. Tell him that it doesn't make sense. Tell him. And as you do, look back and remember the faithfulness of God. I can't tell you how many times that the very thing I hated, that season that was a nightmare for me, when I look back and I see this season, I remember God's faithfulness through it. And I remember crying out to Him and saying, God, I would not wish this on my worst enemy. And I just let it turn to worship. And through that, you know, I may not understand it ever. And yet, you, you know, God, if you could have done it any other way, please do it some other way. But I remember God's faithfulness through the past. Can someone say yes? That's the first thing if you're taking notes. Remember God's faithfulness from your past. That's how you give it all to him. Cry out to God and then remember. Remember his faithfulness. The second thing, as you give it all to him. As you give it all to him, trust in God's power for your future. Trust in God's power for your future. In Psalms, the psalmist says in Psalm 102, he's at the lowest point that you can imagine. A broken state. And he says, and you know, some of you are in that right now. Some of you are in a broken state right now. And you're at the point in your life at this moment where you understand what the psalmist is going through. And look at him, he's giving it to God straight. He's, he's telling God, he's bearing his soul to God. And just listen to the honesty, listen to the sincerity. From the depths of his soul, he says, Hear my prayer, Lord. Let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I'm in distress. Turn your ear to me when I call. Answer me quickly. In my distress, I groan aloud, and I'm reduced to skin and bones. And verse 7, and some of you can relate to this. I lie awake. It's like saying, I can't sleep at night. I lie awake. My mind is so heavy, it keeps running all night. I become, he says, like a bird alone on a roof. All day long, my enemies taught me. And then there's these three words, you guys. And then there's these three words that I believe some of you here came to the service for this very moment, for these three, three words. I believe that some of you here need to hear this. These three words in a moment's time can change everything. 
These three words alone will be the very reason you're here today. He says, my life is falling apart. I do not understand. I cry out to you, God, from the depths of my soul. He's saying, my enemies taunt me. And then the three words, but you, Lord. But you, God, I don't understand. But you, Lord, are faithful. I don't understand. But you, God, are faithful. I, I don't have the ability. But you, God, have, are all powerful. I feel all alone. But you, God, are with me. But you, God, say you will never leave me or forsake me. Lord, I, I don't understand. And then look at verse 12. But you, Lord, sit enthroned forever. You are still on the throne. Your renown endures through all generations. My God, he will respond to you in your prayer of, desti uh, of destitute. He will not despise your plea. And some of you, you're about to have a but you, Lord, moment. You're about to have a moment with God. You're, you're going to cry out to God. You're going to give it to him straight. You're going to bear your soul. You're going to lay it all out before him. And as you complain, you're going to be honest with God. And you're going to let it rip. You're going to tell him everything. And you're going to yell and scream and cry and jump and fall on your knees and fall on your face. And you're going to tell God, I do not understand. I don't get it. And from the pit of your pain, you're going to cry out to God. But you just keep doing that. You just keep crying out to him. And at some point, you guys, at some point, you're going to push through all the pain to the point of praise. You're going to push through all your pain to the point of praise. And you just start worshiping and you start praising God. You're going to push through it all. You're going to say, God, this, this sucks right now. This sucks really bad. I, I don't know why I'm going through this, God. And, and it's been tough, but I'm just going to push through all this pain to the point of where I can just lift up my hands and praise you, God, because you're worthy. I don't understand it, and it hurts like hell, but it, it's the worst thing imaginable that I'm going through. But I'm going to cry out to God, and I'm going to push through all of this to the point and to the place of praise. And when you can say, but you, God, but you, God, have the last say. It's, uh, it looks like it's over. But you, God, say you will never leave me or forsake me. And some of you, financially, you're a wreck right now. But you push through that pain to the point of praise. And when you say to God, but you, God, are in charge of my finances. You, God, are my provider. But you, God, say that you will never let your children go hungry. But you, God, say that you are with me, that your name is above every name. But you, God, I might be feeling afraid, but you, God, are with me. But you, God, did not give me a spirit of fear, of timidity. But you gave me a, a spirit of power, of love, and of a self. But you, God, have given me the strength to overcome. But you, God, can someone say amen? amen. At some point, you just, lead, you just go ahead and give it to God straight. You give it to him straight. You pour out your heart. You give it to him. And at some point, 
You say, but you, God, I, I don't get it, but you, God, I'm going to start praising you. I'm going to start praising. I don't get it, but I'm going to start praising you. And when you do that, when you least expect it, in the middle of your cry, suddenly you realize, wait a minute, who am I talking to after all? I'm giving you all these complaints, but wait a minute, you've been so faithful to me. You care so much about me. The Bible says he is close to the brokenhearted, and suddenly your plea for help turns to praise because he's good, because he's worthy, because he's worthy. You push through the, the pain to the point of praise because he's worthy. And suddenly you'll stop pleading and you'll just start worshiping God. God, I just thank you. You know, the other day I went to the barber, which, by the way, none of you guys told me what a fresh cut I got, and I'm a little offended by that. Just kidding, just kidding. But I went to the barber and he was cutting my hair, and before he was done, I was like, thank you so much, you did a great job. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, but I, I'm not done yet. And I haven't even spinned you around to look at the mirror. How do you know I did a great job? I said, because I know you. You always do a great job. Thank you so much. And then he spinned me around and I saw what a great job he did. And I was like, yeah, you did a great job. But you know, sometimes that, that's the way it is with God. At some point, you might just have to thank God in advance. Before you even see the miracle, before you even see how it's going to turn out, you say, God, I trust you. I know you do a good job. You've never let me down in the past, so you're not going to start right now. I trust in your faithfulness, God. I know that you always come through at just the right time, and you just start thanking God ahead of time. God, I know you're going to prove yourself faithful. God, I know you're going to be good because you're a good God, and suddenly out of your pain, you find this ability to just worship God. Not because your life feels good right now, uh-uh but because you know that he is God, because he is king and he is good, because you push through your pain to the point of praise and you give it to him straight, you know he can handle it. He longs to be needed by his children. Remember his goodness, yet this I call to mind. Therefore, I have hope. But you, O oh Lord, no matter what I'm going through, but you, God, you know, I know you. You're always faithful. I remember. And so you cry out to him. You take the time and you do it, and you remember what he's done for you. When you do, you remember how faithful he's been in the past. He's so good to you. He's so good, and he's, he's with you in the present. And therefore, you can trust him with your future. Can someone say yes? Our God has always been faithful. He's always been faithful in our past, and he is good in the present. Therefore, you can trust him with your future. And so I want to give you a moment as we bow our heads and pray to just worship and cry out to God. If life is good right now, then just cry out in praise. If life is kind of bland right now, just thank him and trust him for your future. And I want to give you a moment in worship just to cry out to God because he's worthy. If you're here today and you're hurting and you feel alone, cry out from the depths of your soul. God can handle it because he cares. At some point in the middle of your pain, it may turn to praise because God has been faithful in the past. He's good in the present and he will, therefore you can thank him in advance because he's always going to be faithful in the future.
Give it to him straight. Give him the praise that he deserves. Let's pray together right now. Father, we thank you that you are God who cares about us that you are near to the brokenhearted. God, as we expand our desire to worship you, I pray, God, that part of knowing you, that you are king, that you would allow us the freedom to give it all and give it straight to you, God. And I want to take a moment with nobody looking around, and this is very important. I want to take a moment and especially pray for those of you that are in the middle of a very difficult time. If right now you cry out to God, if if right now your cry to God is one from a place of pain, of questions, of confusion, of disappointment, of anger, of fear, whatever the case would be, and you need special prayer today, I want to pray that you'll be able to push through your pain to the place of praise and see the faithfulness of God that he would do whatever it takes to bring you to a total place, a, a total point of trust in him.